This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Inter Milan get the job done against Cagliari, but the Scudetto race remains firmly in AC Milan's hands with one match day to go. Liverpool win the FA Cup, but Man City salvaging a point against the Hammers leaves the Reds' quadruple dream on life support. Everton failed to escape the relegation dogfight. Mm. The Bundesliga season is over, but not without drama. And I'm talking Stuttgart drama. And that's just for tasters. I'm LME. He's Jimmy Conrad. We're the OG crew, and we've got a lot to get through to the giggle. That's a weekend recap begins right now. Everybody, welcome to Kegolasso, Jimmy Conrad. I've missed you so much, Jimmy. Air hug, Jimmy. Air hug, Jimmy Conrad. <laughs> and to you, everybody buddy? listening, you know, I'm doing great. There's just so much to talk about. It's getting emotional, ultimately, because we're getting to the end of a season, and it has incredible impact on both sides of the table, right? Who's going to win the leagues? Who's going to get relegated? Or actually in the middle, too. Who qualifies for Europe? Who doesn't? So... There's a lot to get into. I'm excited to join the community once again. Kay Golasso for the world. I have it written behind me. If you can see me on the YouTubes, if you can't, you just have to take my word for it. But we appreciate all of your likes and subscribes, so keep it coming. I love it. I love it. And that's in Soccer We Trust, by the way, Jimmy Conrad as well. Make sure to follow their show with Heath Pierce and, of course, Charlie Davis. Jimmy Conrad in there. His a Jimmy, I like your shirt too, man. Showing some respect for your San Francisco Glens, buddy. My Glens, yes. USL League 2 season started. That's fourth division here in the U.S. And I helped coach the San Francisco Glens. We won our first game of the season against the hardest team in our Lee, it's a, it's FC Golden State. They've won the division three times. We never really beat them, but we beat them 2-0. We got a squad, baby. We got a real good squad. But anyway, we got other big games to talk about. So yeah, I, appreciate, Jimmy, I appreciate the platform to talk. Uh, Jimmy, I love the coach. On. I love the coach. Jimmy, I love you to co- get back. You coaching everywhere, baby. Coaching in life. Coaching you know, in the game. I'm brainwashing America's youth. Everybody should just be <laughs> patting me on the back for that. You're welcome. I love it. Jimmy Conrad, LME, welcome to Kigo Lasso. Our weekend recap. By the way, this is a live show. Please, we want your questions. We want your comments for Jimmy and yours truly. Keep them coming as we give you all the rundown on what happened this weekend. As Jimmy said, there's a lot to get to it. So let's do it. Before we begin into the games, by the way, Jimmy Conrad, let's uh, discuss a little bit about the weekend's farewells. There was a lot of players leaving, some of them retiring. And some, a lot of it was emotional, okay? Beginning, of course, with Mark Noble and how... You know, the West Ham faithful gave him that fantastic reception against Man City. Lorenzo Insigne missing a penalty, but retaking it to become Napoli's second all-time scorer. He said goodbye as well. Erlen Haaland, of course, and Borussia Dortmund. Eric Ten Hag. Ajax had a nice little post on social media. It was very, you know, uh, it's kind of cool to see him as well. Of course, Ajax winning the title already. And Lucho Suarez and Hector Herrera saying goodbye to Atletico Madrid. We, we could have. Uh, what do well, you think? Well, we could add Julian Lopetegui here, too, because it just got announced that he's leaving Sevilla, which absolutely blew my mind. But uh, with regard to the other names, Luis Suarez came in and did the business, you know, was discarded by Barcelona, scores 21 league goals the next season, helps Atleti win the title. 
that is get in there and uh, get the job done and get out. So I, I respect what Luis Soros did. Hector Herrera played for three seasons for Atleti, and I think he had 47, 48 league games. So, you know, obviously he was a, a contributor to the success as well. Mark Noble, I feel like, has been with West Ham longer than I was born or since I've been born. So <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, crazy. Uh, Lorenzo Insigne, obviously another lifetime member of, of one squad. And, and uh, what he's meant to, to Napoli has been immense. And I thought he played fantastic today. I don't know if he's seen what Toronto FC is doing, but they're terrible right now. They've lost five straight games, including two games in a row where they've given up a 90-minute win. I'm just letting him know. You know what? Money talks. $15 million a year is, is uh, nothing to sneeze at. Uh, Erling Holland, very similar to Luis Suarez, always knew that that was going to be a, a, a short stint at that particular club. And so uh, he's on to Man City. Eric Ten Hag, he did what he was going to do at Ajax. I think it was time for him to take his next step as well, similar to Erling Holland. I would say ranking the – wow. I Which is I the think, one that hit you, Jimmy Connor? The one that hit you well, right the, the one that's actually surprised me the most was Julian Lopetegui. But um, – because that was a bit of a surprise. All these other ones I feel like I've been prepared for. Even though I thought Lucho Suarez might have stayed maybe one more year. but uh, Well, he wants to stay in Europe, uh, per R. Fabrizio Romano. He's been uh, rejecting some MLS bits. He wants to stay in Europe. So that we will see him one well, more season. He's looking season for that Lorenzo Insigne money and nobody wants to pay him. He's you know? waiting. He's waiting. He's waiting. <laughs> he's waiting. Um, I, I actually feel like the Lopetegui one might be my, my biggest surprise well, where do you think considered? he would go by the way where do you think he would go i don't know where lopetegui is going to go it looks like manchi who is a mastermind genius behind the scenes for sevilla he's going to bring in diego martinez who's been on the sidelines after leading granada to the europa league semifinals last season or quarterfinals so that looks like that's already set lopetegui let's take sevilla you know obviously favorites to win the europa league they're hosting the final yeah, won the Europa League in Lopetegui's first season in charge. Always getting into the Champions League. Did it again today with a last-minute goal against Just Atleti. about. Just about. Yeah, yeah. And Nesri with a, with a little power header. You know, you love to see it. I don't know where Lopetegui's going to go, but the fact that Sevilla's already made moves. Now, Lopetegui only won four out of the last 17 games, and it just felt like they were getting booed at home. Like, they just weren't playing well. And, and that seems like they fell off a cliff really quick, That that maybe that relationship between Manchi and and Lopetegui. I don't know where he goes, but I keep an eye on him because he is incredibly talented at what he does. I'm surprised that relationship ended as quickly as it has, but uh, that's the way it goes in this sport. Yeah, well, Julian Lopetegui has only managed uh, the majority of the time in Spain and uh, a stint in Porto with Portugal between 2014 uh, and 2016. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Rafa yeah. Cardenas made a comment there, Pochettino to Sevilla, perhaps. Uh, that's interesting. I kind of like that, actually, Jimmy. That's 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 kind of intriguing. Yeah, I think he might consider it too. Obviously, there's been rumors of him going to a couple of the La Liga teams. He played for Espanyol for a good portion of his career, so he'll never go to Barcelona. But Sevilla's he should go back to Spain. That's what I think. I, I agree. I agree. I'd like to see him in Spain. I think he would be more comfortable, maybe a little bit more relaxed. So much pressure in some of the mm. jobs that he's had. I don't know, though. It, it, from what the report that I read, it looks like Diego Martinez is the heavy, heavy favorite to take over. I mean, we've Sevilla. talked and heavily about Diego Martinez here, Jimmy Conrad. We, we he have. We have. Sugar out of a rock. He's a very good manager. Um, what's, it, what's interesting about that goal, though, we'll just talk about Sevilla very quickly. Now that they've secured Champions League football for next season, hmm. that just – well, does Jules Koundé – you know, you might actually keep players that maybe would have gone somewhere else if they hadn't qualified. I'm just throwing that yeah. out there, but – but uh, obviously, that's going to be a very attractive proposition for any manager that takes over, that they got a Champions League berth. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, Des Norris is saying, let's go, let's go, yeah, let's go. We should. We should. I get it.
Hey, yeah, but you know what, there's no as well. You can't just like go away for a few days, have a good time, and then just be like, let's go. We'll he's, go. No, okay. He's I get the Partito pooper. You know what I mean? Like that's his handle. So he's always got to poop on everybody's parade. He's pooping on everybody's part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he can. That's his job. That's right. There's no. Let's go. Serie A, by the way, everybody. Let's discuss Italy. Scudetto race is super intriguing as Inter Milan do get the victory and stay close on AC Milan, by the way, who beat uh, Atalanta 2-0. Rafa Leao, Jimmy Conrad, in a second, we're going to have a little ode to Rafa Leao. What a ridiculous player. Mateo Hernandez as well with another golazo. And Mike Magnon, great, great goalkeeping as well between the sticks. They went 2-0 against Atalanta, by the way. So final day of fixtures is Asuolo against Milan, Inter against Samp. Doria and my goodness, this uh, title race has been ridiculous. Heath Pierce and you, yours truly did say AC Milan were going to win Scudetto. There was a little worrying. Jimmy, I forgot who you said. What would you make of this race? How are you seeing it happen? Here are the two uh, final fixtures. Talk to me, brother. It's unbelievable. I, I love it. It's so competitive. It's going to come down to the last weekend on both sides of the table and even for the Europa League spots uh my Roma completely falling apart here at the end uh maybe they're focusing on the conference league final I get it you know you want to win a trophy of consequence yeah, even though it's the first time it's ever been around I I had Juventus winning I, I'll raise my hand and say that I thought with Allegri coming back and Cristiano Ronaldo this is I made my predictions when Ronaldo was still on the team and, mm. and hadn't shown his hand yet that he was being a baby and he wanted out okay that didn't happen yet and I went on Paramount Plus and said I'm going I'm going to lean towards Juve because I think Allegri and his experience with a lot of those players and, and having Ronaldo, who's such a talisman and scores big goals, and I mean, I mean Dybala can stay healthy, Marata, all these guys. And and obviously, Chiesa healthy at that point. I just thought that Juve would put it together and be a little bit more competitive than they ended up being. Though they were hanging around there about a month ago, they were still maybe in striking distance. But then it all fell apart. Now, I did say my long shot on Paramount Plus was AC Milan. It was like plus 1,200 for them to win the league. It was crazy value. But oh I thought Pioli God. had done a really Why nice job. Why didn't I put any money on it? What? I know. Pioli, Pioli's done a nice job in, in the front office of building a good team. A couple seasons ago, they got uh, Ben Asser from Empoli for under $20 million, Great price. Cassier from Atalanta for $32 million. Uh, Teo Hernandez from Real Madrid for $23 million, which feels like highway robbery at this point. He just scored maybe the goal of the season this past weekend. And yeah. Rafael Leal from Lille for $32 million. That was a couple seasons ago. Last year, they got Mike Bignon from Lille for under $20 million. He might even be better than Donnarumma, to be one honest. Of the best, one of the best acquisitions, 100%, to be honest. Incredible 100%. what he did. And that's what Ficayo Tomori as well, what he's done, by the uh, way, untested in Serie A. As well, Tonali as well. Yeah, uh, Kalulu as well. They got him for yeah. 1.4 million from Lille. And beat. Tonali, by the way, has to split his time between playing uh, soccer and acting because he's also Adam Driver <laughs> as well. Like. He's busy. He's busy. Yeah. But, you know, you got to appreciate his multitasking. I mean, Milan's in great business. They put together a good team. They got Giroud for basically peanuts. Mm. Zlatan came for free. So you add a little bit of experience up top with some of the young players and some of their emerging players. And they lost Simon Kier, which was crazy that they lost a player of his stature yeah. in the back line but haven't really missed a beat it, it's there for the taking now way to Sassuolo is going to be a very very tough match but I want to give a shout out to Rafael Leal because they've had five straight ones Milan yeah and, and let's read this comment right now Jimmy as you do that it's scary how talented Leal is at such a young age he's only 22 will be a monster in the future hope Milan can keep him there are big giant clubs that want to sign Leal I cannot Agree with you more. When I was with Heath Pierce last week, I, I went off Jimmy Conrad on Raphael. The sky's the limit for this man. Surely Scudetto, if they win it, Champions League, that helps him. But there's going to be other big clubs interested. This guy is ridiculous. 
that's hundred percent. I mean, in these these are must win games we're talking about, right? We're at the end of the season where it matters, and sometimes you see younger players shirk that responsibility. They don't want it, or they'll show flashes of it, but can they do it consistently? In these last five games that Milan have won, five straight wins, by the way, when they needed to, right, to keep Inter under a ton of pressure, especially after Inter dropped that uh, game to Bologna 2-1 after that bad goalkeeping error by Radu. But I don't actually blame Radu for that. I don't know why Perisic threw it backwards. I would never, well, I don't know why he's doing that. Anyway, different conversation. Three goals and three assists in his last five games for Milan. That's somebody that's stepping up and taking the responsibility. And that's something that you want to see from any of your players, especially your top young players. And at 22, my fear for Milan in some capacity is, he wins the Scudetto, and, and maybe you get him for one more season to see what it looks like. Can they repeat as champions? Can they go a little bit farther in the Champions League? And then from there, once you can maybe see the ceiling of this particular team, if they don't make any other signings, I'm sure they will, but if they don't, I could see him maybe wanting to go somewhere else. He's going to go one other place. It's just a matter of how long Milan can hold him on while he's kind of starting to really peak into top form. What a, he's a tremendous player. What a signing. And Ilias, by the way, I agree with you. He is going. He should be going to Portugal. One of the the biggest issues for me in Portugal oh, the World Cup is that Fernando Santos can be a little bit too narrow minded in his strategy. <laughs> yes, correct, boring. Rafaelau, <laughs> Rafaelau can offer something, but I do worry because the interest for AC Milan, the interest is big. There's Norris. Can you just post that lineup again, the AC Milan lineup for a second? I know we're gonna keep talking. I just, you know, something that Jimmy brought up at the beginning. I, I do agree. You know, when you look at this starting lineup. There is nothing here that speaks to you, superstar. Nobody here is a superstar. No. I mean, there's there's talented, experienced journeymen, some of them, young, untested in the top flight. And look what they're doing. They're on the verge of winning Scudetto. It's remarkable. I, I would say that left side, when when they're feeling it, and obviously you're asking Teo Hernandez, if, if you want to be a world-class player, especially in that position, I feel like you got to have some defensive acumen. And, and at times he can get pulled out of position because the guy's mm. so good going forward. Mm. That, like, he's like, I don't have to play defense. They just have to, they're going to defend me. I'm just going to mm. push him way up the field. Danny Alves-esque, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but look at that left side. That left side is something special. You got Leal and Teo Hernandez. If you're on the right side of an opposing team, you're like, I don't know how we're going to defend these dudes. Yeah. Because if Leal gets the ball and cuts in, you got Teo Hernandez bombing forward. But let's be honest, Teo Hernandez actually likes to get the ball and go inside. So that allows Rafael Leal to stay wide. But if they can somehow figure out a way to find some players that can match their their left side with their right side, and then you continue to you have the Tonalis, you, you, you know, you're adding these other little pieces. Ugh, they're so good. And they're then when so you get good. here back and, and Mignon's only going to get stronger in goal, it's just, it's awesome. It's awesome. I'm excited for Milan. They haven't won the league in, in 11 years. It's been some time since they, they made that happen and, and really were a force in the league. So shout out to you and Heath Pierce for, for calling uh, Milan. As, as well, I'm going to get one out of 100 that I get. <laughs> you, know, you don't have to add that part. Nobody knows. Hey, by the way, I think it happened because when I when I posted that CBS were getting said, yeah, I posted a photo of me at 15 years old with my George Ware AC Milan shirt. Oh, I think, that's awesome. I think that, that, Good vibes. That, that got everything going, I think. So AC Milan, can you send me a new shirt? Now, they still got a big game left. I don't want to give <laughs> yeah. them the championship for yeah, the Scudetto just yet. yet. A way to swallow is not easy. Yeah, and Inter at home to Sampdoria. Sampdoria will provide a challenge, but I think Inter looked very good today. Lataro got his 20th and 21st goals of the season. I think that's really important for him to have gotten over the 20 mark. Uh, there was a lot of speculation as to whether he could carry the the the, the mantle with, with Romelu Lukaku gone and his partnership with Dzeko. Though they both have been scoring goals, doesn't seem like they're necessarily always looking for each other. 
and and maybe that uh, you know I always think of Dwight York and Andy Cole relationship when you have a two man strike. Why'd you bring up so Dwight York to me? Like, I love those guys. They were so good. They look for each other all the time. I don't no, see that. As I know much. you it's love him. They, they, they stole him from Villa. That's what I'm saying. Why he's team, <laughs> not Andy Cole, but Dwight York. Uh, but anyway, I'd he, by that. the way, he's a new manager, Dwight York, in uh, in Australia. Uh, coming this weekend. Good luck for that, by the way, because he's not a good man. Anyway, that's for another story. Hey, listen, Jimmy, relegation fight, though. Genoa, the oldest club in Italian football, has been relegated to Serie B for the first time in 15 Years and obviously the fight at the bottom remains tricky as well. Salernitana with 31 points, 17th place. Cagliari, 29 points. Genoa relegated alongside Venezia, right? What, what do you make of that? Yeah, I, mean, I kind of want to see Salernitana stay up just given with their backs way against the wall with no hope and it looking like they're going to need a miracle. They've gone out there and made plays and made the difference and had this, this belief. I honestly think you can make a movie. If Salernitana stays up you can make a movie about this comeback for them to even be in this position with one game left to go in the season uh Cagliari I, I, I was going to say this about Inter Milan you know dropping the, the Scudetto lead because they had it in their hands and they dropped those points against Bologna but there are so many of these you know like five six seven moments of every team season that you can look back and be like ah we just didn't mess it up there you know that maybe could have proven to be the difference and so I think when you look at the teams that got really maybe outside of it is Genoa and Venezia who just couldn't get it going consistently throughout the season. I I, I want to see Salernitana do it. Yeah. Hey, by the way, Desnora says if, if they do a movie, who would play Frank Ribery? Would you think Jimmy Conrad? Who, who would Ooh, play that? Yeah. <laughs> I said Nicholas Cage. Oh, that's not a bad shout, actually. I, I like that you said Nicholas Cage. Adam yeah. Driver definitely makes a cameo. Well, you could ask Tonali because he's AC Milan, so it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fair. I mean, they yeah. have a, a role on it somewhere, so you could yeah, get exactly. Adam Driver in there. Well, yeah. it all goes down to the wire, everybody. And as Jimmy mentioned, the Salernitana, what they have done is remarkable, but they're not yet out of it, but they're so close. So close. So close. All right, moving from Serie A to the Bundesliga, which is over, by the way. Leipzig lose, but they hang on to fourth spot after Leverkusen do them a massive favor beating Freiburg. Holland nets in a farewell victory as well as a Hertha drop into the relegation playoffs because the most ridiculous thing happened in the Bundesliga. Stuttgart needed a win to get out of that relegation playoff spot in the 92nd minute of stoppage time. Wataru Endo, his winner, keeps them above the relegation playoff spot. The stadium went Nuts. It's everything you want to see in our game. Ridiculous stuff, Jimmy Conrad. Bundesliga well, was fun. Not only did Stuttgart need to win, and they did it in the most exciting fashion that you possibly can with a you know last-second header to, to make it happen. They needed Hertha Berlin to lose to Bruce Correct. Dortmund. And that also, they gave up a goal with, what, I don't know, five, six, seven minutes left against Bruce Dortmund. Makuko scores, and, and uh, what a player he's going to end up being for Bruce Dortmund. But... Yeah, wow. Heartbroken for Hertha Berlin in, in a lot of different ways because another team that, that had it in their hands. I mean, we're talking five, six weeks ago. Hertha Berlin weren't even in the conversation about being relegated, but now here they find themselves. Now, what's interesting, just so everybody knows, in the Bundesliga, if you're the bottom two, you automatically go down. If you're the third team from the bottom, then you go into a playoff against the third best team from the Bundes second Bundesliga. Which I really like, Jimmy. I, I like that too. Cool idea. Hamburg is that team. now. We have Schalke going up, Werder Bremen going up. now. Yeah, Werder Bremen. Nice. I do want to say very quickly about Werder Bremen. Josh Sargent plays for the U.S. 
he goes and leaves Werder Bremen because he got relegated to the second Bundesliga and he goes to Norwich where it's just going to be a fight the whole season. But whatever, he's in the Premier League. I understand as a player that would be very enticing and attractive as well to want to have that opportunity to get some Premier League minutes and play in arguably always the best marketed league in the world. We, we don't have to get too far down that rabbit hole. But but I kind of wish in some capacity he had stayed with Werder Bremen because he would have got a ton of minutes in the second Bundesliga, which is very similar to the championship. Very difficult to... So you got to fight, right? And you got to learn how to get thicker skin. Now they get promoted. And now he would have been in the Bundesliga with some momentum next season leading up to the World Cup. And instead, he's in the championship, which is still very competitive. And, and now it's kind of like question marks around what that – because that team gets broken up. They're not going to be Premier League heavy. The, the teams that – or the players that were on there for the Premier League are now going to want to stay in the Premier League, right? So it's going to be really I'm, interesting that happens. I'm just looking at him. But that third team, Hamburg, actually had the least amount of losses in the second Bundesliga. And now they're going to take on – uh, Hertha Berlin, who are going to be feeling sorry for themselves, whereas Hamburg had to get a result, and they got it, a 3-2 um, against Hansa Rostock away from home this weekend to, to get there. They tied for that third spot, but they had a better goal difference. I think yeah. I think that Hamburg are going to beat. I, I think they're going to do it. I think the third best team. That's why I love I, I think this they're going to do it. I think Absolutely. Do it. I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, it's, it's going to be two legs, though. It's two legs. So yeah, the relegation players was always uh, two legs. But congratulations to Werder Bremen and Hamburg are not going to be an easy thing. Before we move on, obviously Bayern Munich. We already knew how they did in the Bundesliga, but Robert Lewandowski's future remains in question. We do have a comment from Artie as well regarding this. Our man Fabrizio Romano has been all over this regarding not just obviously the speculation about what Lewandowski's thinking, what his agent's thinking, and what Bayern Munich are also saying. And this is now getting really tricky and interesting. So, you know, what do you think, Jimmy? What's going to happen to Robert Lewandowski this summer? Do you see him leaving Bayern Munich? I, I kind of do. I think that he's at an age now where it's, well, we could have made this argument. We probably did. We've done enough Kegelasos together that it was kind of a now or never moment. He's already get, he's already accomplished whatever he's going to accomplish in the Bundesliga. And now he has this opportunity, especially leading into a World Cup, to get this new life experience, to try something different, and to go to a big club. Now, I know the Liverpool's going to have some interest. He played for Jurgen Klopp at Borussia Dortmund's. If Bobby Firmino is going to leave, you could get Lewandowski for a decent price. And Liverpool does incredible business in the transfer market. That's interesting. Something to consider, right? Especially when you got guys. I mean, imagine Lewandowski on the end of Trent Alexander-Arnold and Andy Robertson crosses. It just doesn't feel fair. Okay, so let's leave Liverpool out of it. Yeah, I don't, I don't really want it. No, nobody wants it. But, but, but with <laughs> Liverpool City, fans will be fine with it. Well, with Man City getting early in Holland and adding that type of piece and that type of di new dynamic to their team with, you know, they're so known, they're uh, notorious for not having a, a nine. I wonder how Liverpool is going to try to react. I'm curious. I, I bet you there's going to have some conversations. Well, like, don't forget, Jimmy Conrad. Don't forget. Don't forget that Liverpool have some assignments, right? Uh, Mohamed Salah, they got to take care of. Sadio Mane's contract as well, which is dwindling. But it's a very good point about how are Liverpool going to react to that. Well, the best reaction right now is that they're still in that hunt for that quadruple. I, I, yeah. I, I agree with you. I see Lewandowski leaving Bayern Munich. He's only played in Poland and Germany. I'm sure that at 33 years old, he's thinking to himself, to your point, the World Cup in November, let me let me have one more challenge. 
Let me have one final challenge away from something that may be perhaps alien to me. And if Barcelona can do magic Barcelona once again uh-huh. financially, I think Barcelona is the leading candidate. It's just more about, you know, getting they got to fix their finances, you know. I, but but well, to your point, us, they gave us Felipe Coutinho for 20 million. So, you know, <laughs> which is like, wow, I can't even believe that. <laughs> that is ridiculous how much money they lost on that. All right. So deal. you're taking a bet. You think Lewandowski's leaving Bayern Munich. Where do you think I he's do? Going? At 33 years old, he's got 344 goals in 375 games since playing for Bayern Munich since 2014. I mean, it's, it's, he's won out every trophy imaginable outside of the ball and door that he should have won during the pandemic and they didn't give it to him. But, but, I, I will say that I think I think he'll leave. I think he wants to leave. Now, he still has one more year on his deal, so they're going to have to figure that out. But if Bayern want anything for him. On the flip side, can we talk about this, everybody, just very quickly? What happens to Bayern if Lewandowski leaves? Yeah, that, they, that's they the little scary confident. part. Yeah, I mean, they'll still score goals. They obviously have plenty of No, but they options. need a list, like, right now. Yeah, I mean, you're going to – is it Chupamotin time? Like, you can just be like, <laughs> Chupamotin's our guy. I don't – no, Chupamotin – is, is Troopers in the dream. bench, and they're like, "Listen, and Nagelsmann's like, listen, I might need you for longer than twenty minutes." I, I, I just wonder when the dominoes start to fall, what happens, and what does Bayern ultimately, quote unquote, well, settle with? Who do they go because, get? Who do they go get? Especially because Borussia Dortmund have already making plans, right? At the Emmy's heading there, they're looking right. for another striker as well. Yeah, the domino effect. Well, you know, I don't know. Fabrizio Romano said it: the summer of strikers this summer. So I'm going to be interested to see. So can I say very quickly? I think that Chelsea want Lukaku out. So, so. Switch. Could. He comes to Bayern. I don't know. Lewandowski well, to Chelsea. Maybe there's Jimmy, a swap. Maybe there's a swap. Everybody. I don't what? even know. This summer. Oh, Patrick Schick. By the way, good point. Rafa Cardenas or Nkunku could Kunku be an interesting one. I like that well. one, Rafa. Yeah. I love it. Well, it's the domino effect. Well done, Jimmy Conrad. I like it. The butterfly Lewandowski effect. All right, let's uh, move on. By the way, actually, we're gonna take a break. We'll take a break. Uh, do we have to? We're gonna take a little break. Okay, Jimmy. fine. All, All right, right, we'll see you after this. Hey, don't worry, because we got a lot to talk <laughs> about. Don't worry. When we come back, yes, the Premier League keeps getting tastier. The FA Cup final, we'll talk about that as well as Liverpool do another cup victory over Chelsea. And once again, penalty shootouts. We'll also do a little bit of a Liga discussion. La Liga final thoughts. And then Jimmy and yours truly will say goodbye. Weekend recap. Jimmy Conrad and me will be right back. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. 
Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back, everybody. Jimmy Conrad in the house at Jimmy Conrad. weekend recap. Let's talk about the Premier League, Jimmy Conrad. West Ham. I mean, Liverpool was about to give Jared Bowen. Well, I'm maybe still now. Still, he might he might still be able to drink for free at Liverpool. A brace for West Ham, and West Ham were looking good against Manchester City. And then in the second half, Man City came back, but Riyad Mahrez missed a penalty, or rather, Fabianski did a great save to deny a full-on victory. But you know, it's a draw. You know, so now it's about the final day of the season for Man City against yes, Aston Villa. Can Steven Gerrard? I mean, the narratives are crazy. We'll talk about crazy. it in a second. But let's talk about Man City, West Ham. It was the farewell to Mark Noble. Thoughts on that game? What I'll say first and foremost, and I'm going to get kind of tactical geek on you, is mm-hmm. that there was definitely some type of emphasis from David Moyes and West Ham about Jared Bowen running from inside, excuse me, outside to in. When Zinchenko at the left, both goals were score, scored from him going outside to in. He kept running on the inside of Zinchenko. And in between the center back and and the left back, yeah, and, and just timed his run. And it they were hitting, I don't want to say hopeful balls, but they were putting balls in that space and allowing. But they must have recognized something of how aggressive. I mean, City are very aggressive when they try to go win the ball, and they do play a high line at times. And the outside backs can get caught behind that line. And Sunchenko, who's not really necessarily known for his defensive prowess, got caught two times ball watching, and one was right before what, a minute before halftime? And, and that made it 2-0. When it got to that one, that goal right before half, I thought, this might not be City's day. We we mm. had a lot to, to – we knew they're going to get a lot of chances. That's what they do. But but can Fabianski and the defense be sturdy enough to to bend but not break? Ultimately, they broke, and uh, it, it's tough. There was that opportunity, though, again, where you got to create your own luck. And Mikel Antonio read that bad back pass by Fernandinho, which – could have, you know, could have ended the game or given West Ham the lead. It's just these little play. We're talking about the fine margins. Obviously, Fabianski makes the penalty save on, on Mares, and and maybe the the split of the points felt fair given on the balance of the chances and all that. But you know, Jack Relish, I know uh, much to your chagrin, ends up probably scoring his biggest goal so far for City. You know, getting that was right after halftime. That was really important too for Grealish to get that goal, Especially or City to get that, that goal. Time, right yeah. It was, you know, just so they're like, oh crap, we got a chance. And you know, the longer that game or the longer they couldn't score, the more West Ham is going to get that belief and be more, more resolute. I'd say, but uh, God, City are so good when they go forward. It's it's pretty incredible. But yeah. that said, I think they have some defensive frailties. I don't think they're going to get found out this season. I think it's a little bit too late. I think they got the result they needed. I think they're going to go on to win the league. But uh, we already saw it against Madrid in the Champions League. That um, That's an area that I think Pep needs to look at outside of Erling Holland, of course. Yeah, well, you did. A, you said a really good point about how they West Ham utilized Jared Bowen. I thought David Moyes did a really good job tactically because they used Mikel Antonio really well. Mm-hmm. Joao Cancelo like, had no space to do anything. Uh, the Bron- they were just very good. It was a very good game, but Man City obviously rectified a few things in the second half, but that penalty was massive. Fabianski, fantastic save. And then obviously you mentioned Mikel Antonio with that missed dip. All right, well, listen, now to our points, right? So Liverpool has to play Southampton, right? Man, yeah, break, it, break it down for us. Break it down for us. Liverpool, okay, so we look at the Premier League table for a second, all right? So with that point, which was a... Crucial point, everybody, because it would have been easier for Liverpool. But with that point, Man City have 90 points, a game over Liverpool. Liverpool have to play Southampton midweek. They're four points behind. Now, if, because the goal differential is important, 
Liverpool also have to kind of, you know, not just beat Southampton, but also like kind of thrash them, which has been done in the past. I'm sorry to say. <laughs> oh, Leicester right? City only does that. Yeah, exactly. Not by Liverpool, but it's been done. Hassan Hutu has been the victim of many a thrashing, right? So if that happens, final day of the season, now we have a situation, by the way, where Man City is hosting Aston Villa, Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa, former legend of Liverpool, mm-hmm. Steven Gerrard, right? Jack mm-hmm. Grealish facing his former club. So the narratives are everywhere, right? And Liverpool has to play Wolves at home, which you would expect would be a good, solid victory for them, but you never know, right? Do you think, and I think you said it already earlier, Jimmy Conrad, but Man City has enough here. Is it going to be tricky? What do you think? Well, first of all, Liverpool, Southampton, and Pep was asked if he had a message for Southampton, and he said, just beat Liverpool for nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love his uh, uh, sense of humor in there always helps, especially yeah. in high-pressure situations. I-, I think that Liverpool are going to be tested in this one. I think Southampton have played less games in, in the same window of time that Liverpool have. Mo Salah got hurt in the FA Cup final. Good point. I think it felt more precautionary. You know, he comes out, he said after the game, the FA Cup final, that he'd be good to go for the Champions League final. But he didn't answer any questions about whether he'd be ready for the next game in the Premier League and what that looks like. So I'm kind of curious what Jurgen Klopp elects to do and which players he elects to risk in these particular moments. That said, Salah goes out. Luis Diaz, who's been a fantastic signing, uh, and it was super lively in the FA Cup final. You know, you got him. Jota came in and did excellent, I thought, for most Salah as well. Took a great penalty to, to when the pressure was on. So I, I appreciate what he brings to the table. Bobby Firmino got some minutes as well. So they're going to have... Mm-hmm. Some of that. I, I Van Dyke though also got hurt in that game. So does he start? They're not as formidable when when he's not in that back line. I think there are some weaknesses. So there's there's room. There's a narrative there to, to say that Liverpool could quote unquote struggle. Southampton won this exact fixture last season. I, too. Know, I know, I know, I know. One nothing. You just don't know which version of Southampton's going to show yeah. up. That's yeah. that's the big thing here. Is is Broha going to continue his fine form this season and and maybe elect? Chelsea bringing him back from from being on loan to to just because he's been so good and he's so dynamic and uh, I really like how he's been playing and ton of confidence. Yeah, you know if he's a talisman, he's out there making plays. That's going to give the team more belief. And and you can't for some a Southampton perspective. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but James Ward Prowse is so good on free kicks. If you give the Saints opportunities in and around the box on set pieces, corner kicks, free kicks, whatever. They can hurt you. And so that's just something I think that Liverpool have to pay attention to because they do have at times uh, do like most teams. You know, you have a little bit of a slip up. And we're also seeing you've mentioned this before, I multiple times that that set pieces are ultimately being the fine margins that are defining a lot of these games of who's going up and who's going down and who is winning the league. So so obviously this could prove to be another vital um, moment or, or vital uh, component to to whether these teams have success or fail. Absolutely. Yeah, the Premier League continues to be interesting because not just at the top, but also, well, everywhere really as well, because obviously Tottenham and Arsenal, Arsenal still have to play your Newcastle on Monday. We'll see how that goes. That won't be easy. But the relegation fight is very intriguing, of course. Norwich are done. Watford are done. Burnley have to play Villa once again. Oh, I love how we're just basically the narrative for everything here. It's so annoying. <laughs> anyway, Burnley have to play Villa on Thursday. Leeds United with a massive point today. Huge. Jesse Marsh's Leeds United with a massive, massive point against Brighton means that they're out of the bottom three, but they have a game over, of course, on 
Burnley and Everton. Oh boy, it started well for them, but two red cards, it was just complete calamity. So now what you see here is, of course, Everton, Leeds and Burnley fighting to not be that 18th spot. What do you think is going to happen, my friend? Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, I guess in some ways, Burnley's been overachieving for many years and uh, they can go take the rightful place back in the championship. As much as I know there's a lot of, my, some of my friends, like they want to see Frank Lampard suffer. They want to see Everton <laughs> suffer. They want to be, I don't really want to see Everton go down. Now, I do want them to get scared. And I think they've been scared, maybe scared straight to make some better decisions and, and all that type of stuff. But I don't want to see them go down. Burnley are one of the worst teams in the league away from home. They go to Villa Park. That's going to be tough. You know, Villa obviously want to end the season on a high note. And Stevie G wants to have some type of impact. He's going to have it on both sides of the table, whether he likes it or not. But this Everton team is trying their their hardest to get relegated. It's, <laughs> it's hard. Now, from the Leeds perspective, I really want to see Jesse Marsh in particular, I know that he symbolizes a lot of whether he likes it or not. Just, just I feel like from a player perspective, we've broken through a, a glass ceiling in terms of big clubs trusting American players to go out there and do the job, which has been fantastic. And long may that continue. But we haven't done it from a managerial, managerial position. And if Jesse Marsh gets relegated with Leeds, even though I thought he inherited a pretty dumpster fire of a situation from Marcelo Bielsa that maybe wouldn't have been rectified if Bielsa would have stayed the rest of the season. I, just from a perception standpoint, it it bums me out that he's going to be, but that's what he took on. And I, and I respect his courage for taking that on and they still got a game to go. And, and Brentford is not going to be easy. They obviously showed a lot of fight against Everton today when they didn't need to away so, at uh, Brentford. Too. I know, I know, yeah. I know it's going to be tough. Uh, so, so, you know, if, if it was easy, right, everybody, well, everybody would through, do it. I don't know, man. I, I think Burnley will go down and they'll join Watford. Uh, that's what I hope. I don't know. Okay, I'm speaking so with my heart. The Thursday game, Villa playing Burnley. Who wins that? I think Villa win. Okay, so that means that Burnley stay where they are. So it goes down to the last, last uh, day of the season. And, and Burnley, after that, have to face Newcastle. Newcastle that's which right. is not going to be easy. No. Right? But Leeds also have to play Brentford. This is ridiculous. It's very difficult. It's, it's going to be difficult, but... Yeah, you're going to need some help. They need some help there. They put themselves in that position. And that's unfortunate, but uh, this is where they are. They can only cut the 90 minutes that they have in front of them. And I don't know, give you the cliche, you can only control what you can control. But uh, yeah. that's that's where we find it. It's 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 squeaky bump time. <laughs> squeaky it's bump time. extremely squeaky bump time for sure. I hope they follow the Ted Lasso <laughs> narrative with Leeds United and, and they stick with Jesse Marsh regardless of what happens. I think they will. I think Jesse. I hope so too, but you never know. Enough to bring them up, but we will see. We will see. There's a lot to discuss if it happens. It hasn't happened yet. And yes, Everton's not out of it, by the way. And they they also have some tough games. They have to play Arsenal. I feel at the end of the season as well. Like I think they got one more last. You know, two two games left. But Palace and Arsenal. And that's that's not going to be easy. All right, let's uh, let's discuss. Uh, very cool. What are we doing? I want to go to the FA Cup final, but anything yeah, yeah, else? Yeah. I think we got to the FA Cup final, right? Because Tottenham, Burnley, okay, they got that win. It's fine. All right, FA Cup final, Jimmy Conrad. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump us ahead. I was so excited to talk to FA Cup final. <laughs> no, listen, it, it 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 was meant to be the FA Cup final. <laughs> My wife is yelling at me. FA Cup final. <laughs> All right, let's go. FA Cup final. The first, uh, by the way, the first FA Cup title. Uh, since 2006 for Liverpool. But this means Jurgen Klopp has completed all his trophies for Liverpool, aside from the Community Shield. Some person told me on Twitter, like. 
come on. Listen, like, that's that's a trophy that only matters to you when you win it. If you don't yeah. win it, you're like, who cares about the community shield? That's the ribbon that you get when you come back to school after the summer. Well, they have right? a chance. They have a chance in August to, to win that. But with that FA Cup, Jurgen Klopp has won the Super Cup, the Club World Cup, the Champions League, the FA Cup, the League Cup, and the Premier League. So now he wins. Quadruple still on for Liverpool. You mentioned the Mohamed Salah injury. Christian Pulisic, by the way, uh, not great for him to lose his third final, but he had plenty of opportunities in this one. He looked very lively, specifically in the first final. But Chelsea don't feel too disheartened. They're your women's team, Emma Hayes, you won the FA Cup there. Sam Kerr with the winner as well. But let's talk about the men's side for a second. Thoughts on that FA Cup final? I thought that it wasn't as exciting of a 0 0 as the never minutes of the League Cup final. From an American perspective, I was excited to see Pulisic being as lively as you mentioned, LME. I liked where he's picking up the ball. When he finds those pockets between the back line and the midfield is where, and he can turn and run at the back line is where he's at its best. It's a little unfortunate. He did a really nice job of that to set up Marcus Alonso, whose first touch got away from him a little bit, but that could have led to a goal. I thought that he was turning Trent Alexander-Arnold around, and, and we know that Trent already has his defensive liabilities, but Pulisic has done a good job historically against Trent, and uh, I thought he, he did enough to create some space, to create some opportunities today. I just thought he was vital. I thought he was the most dangerous, consistently dangerous player for Chelsea, so all the hate that comes at Pulisic feels a little unfair at times. I do want to say, though, looking ahead, that we could see a Trent Alexander-Arnold versus Christian Pulisic in the World Cup matchup, and I... I don't know if Gareth Southgate's going to go with that after seeing how much Pulisic uh, gets a lot of success. Well, I think he likes, uh, to think about. he likes Pulisic's teammate, Reese James, a little too. Uh, yeah, or Kyle yeah. Walker, right? Yeah, so yeah, you got exactly. guys yeah. that can run with him maybe a little bit more, a little bit more in tune with playing defense. I thought that Liverpool ultimately, even though Chelsea were in and around, I thought Liverpool had the better chances in the 90 minutes. What was interesting is that in extra time, I thought Chelsea were taking the initiative. They were actually going to try to win it in extra time. Didn't want it to go to penalties. And I appreciated that because normally from Tuchel's perspective, it seems like they, they're okay with penalties. You know, it, it, we're, we'll settle with that. But I liked that they went after it. My one concern was, and I'm curious what everybody else watching or if they want to hit us up at Kegelasopod on Twitter. When Ruben Loftus-Cheek came on for Pulisic, I thought that was interesting because if you're not going to use Loftus-Cheek to take a penalty, why take Pulisic out? I assume he's a pretty good penalty taker. He's already shown that he can take high-pressure situations, one for the U.S. So so then all of a sudden you're relying, once it does go to extra kickers, you know, Pulisic would be one of the first names, I think, to be number six or number seven if he's not in your first five. I thought that was a weird sub, all things considered. Kovacic starting over, over Conte if Conte was healthy. Conte's a winner, dude. The guy wins everywhere he goes. I love Kovacic, but if Conte was healthy, I thought I would have given him the start. But, you know, he does come on as a sub. Game still in the balance at 0-0. Ultimately, didn't prove to be that big of a difference. And obviously, when you get the penalties, it's a bit of a coin flip. But you create your own you create your own luck. And Liverpool now have won two cups in England in penalties against Chelsea. And now I think, you know, they're slated to, to definitely win a cup treble when they win the Champions League as well. I have them to be favorites over Real Madrid. Yeah, okay, Madridistas, I get it. But, uh I don't know. I don't you're think they're going to win the league. On the, you're confident on the treble, but not the quadruple, right? I don't. I don't. I, I don't see a capitulation at home from from City in the last ninety minutes. Which is fine. FA Cup, League Cup, Champions League. That's not too shabby. It's not too shabby, Alonso, right? as I like to say. Yeah, but yeah. I would say um, we've seen it before, though, where City had a home game, right? Sergio Aguero had to hit that famous goal. Mm -hmm. What was it, against QPR? Yeah. And and. When they I, had the I pressure, like they, had, they had to win at home, and they had that pressure, and they, they couldn't handle it for a while until Mancini made a couple of good good subs that that kind of changed the game there in the last couple of seconds. But yeah. but but 
sometimes that pressure can be a lot. And uh, it's still going to be some work for for City to have in that last game against Villa. But I like them. They're so good, man. They're so good. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is indeed. It's it's kind of ridiculous. It is ridiculous to me that they've kept this high up with Man City in the Premier League as well. And yes. the fact that they've done all these things. I think yes. that's remarkable, honestly. Yes. It's an amazing achievement. And Liverpool fans are very lucky to have somebody like Jurgen Klopp. There's uh, Norris mentioning, by the way. Speaking of some Champions League chatter, today's the 20th year anniversary. Oh, my God. We feel old. Jimmy Conrad of Sedan's Hampton Volley, by the way. How ridiculous. 20 years ago. One of the best goals ever scored. Let, yeah. Never mind the Champions League. Unbelievable. Yeah, stuff. Unbelievable technique. I got to play at Hampton Park for the U.S. against Scotland, and it's a special place to – you don't even have to necessarily play. Just to go to a game at Hampton Park right, is really right. special. So to have graced that field a few years after Zidane did that was pretty special. Pretty, pretty special. All right, let's move on. And by the way, once again, congratulations to Chelsea women's team winning the FA Cup against in extra time. Amazing, amazing yeah, stuff. Yeah. Amazing stuff. And off a deflected goal, by the way, it was a great game, two-two, and then it went to extra time. Sam Kerr scored a deflected goal. The Chelsea's God. opener, though, or Chelsea's first goal was it? Yeah. Was it oh my God, that was ridiculous. Yeah, was there were the a couple first? of good goals. Woo. Yeah, City scored a couple of good goals too. It's just that. I just felt bad for the city defender because Sam Kurt has it. She could play it across for like a tap in and she takes it herself, which is fine. Mm -hmm. Okay, if you're going to score. And the city defender hits off her foot. The goalkeeper's leaning the wrong way and it goes in. I mean, that's the way it goes. But It's the way it yeah, goes. Yeah, but hey, uh, you know, Emma, Emma Hay is such a special manager and they've got a bunch of special players. So, yeah, shout out to Chelsea. Um, more than 50,000 people were there at Wembley. It was pretty special for them. So that's really great to see. All right, let's move on to Ligue 1, by the way. Monaco and Marseille. Touch tight for a Champions League qualification. 68 points each. And Marseille lose 2-0 to Rennes. Uh, Wissam Yedder, by the way, 10-minute perfect hat-trick to turn a 2-0 deficit into a 3-2 win for Monaco. And the last day of fixtures have Marseille against Strasbourg, Lens against Monaco. Who would you rather have in the Champions League? Monaco or Marseille, Jimmy Conrad? Mar I'm, I'm, I love Marseille, so I'm going with Marseille I mean, all day. Friends, they right? they yeah. lost They lost uh, to Rennes this weekend, Tuesday. Rennes were the better team. They deserved it. I do want to give a shout-out to William Saliba, who at 21 years old was just named as the Young Player of the Year in Ligue 1. He's on, he's on loan from Arsenal. So Arsenal has already decided they're going to call him back, and that's only going to strengthen that team, who I think have been – pretty good and are making improvements on that back line for the Gunners. Mm -hmm. So, so you add him who's now got a ton of confidence, you know, after playing really well for Marseille this season, I'd like to see Marseille do it. Of course, um, Strasbourg is not going to be easy. They're, they're in fifth right now. They're still scraping to get into a Europa league spot. They're, they're two points behind Ren. So, so uh, Marseille is a big loss, but uh, I love what Jorge Sampaioli's done there. I also want to give a shout out to Timothy Wea. He scored his first league goal of the season for Lille. And he was man of the match in their 3-1 win. Jonathan David also scored a couple goals. He had a goal and an assist for Lille uh, away to Nice. And uh, that, that bodes well for both Canada and the U.S. from that perspective to finish the season on a high note. I know they still have one more league uh, goal to go. But, uh, yeah, I was excited to see that result in particular. So, um, yeah, that's all I have to add to it. I, I would say that I want to see Marseille. How about you? Who do you want to see go through? Marseille, come on. Yeah, like yeah. they're just crazy. I mean, to you know, to that ground to host a Champions League game, a packed, I mean, that that would be yeah. absolutely fantastic to have that. You want that kind of energy. And, you know, I just want to see how long Payet can keep going for. I mean, he's just a, such a special player, by the way. Hey, relegation battle in Liga, by the way. Saint Etienne and Mets uh, fight mm -hmm. to finish in the playoff spot. Nantes against Saint Etienne. 
and PSG against Mets. And by the way, we were talking about it in the weekend preview with Jonathan Johnson, Bordeaux, you know, barring a ridiculous goal differential, that that's it for them. It's pretty sad to see them go down. Uh, really, I, you know, they've done a lot in, in the past years, by the way. We're talking about European matches, winning the league, winning the cup. Kind of incredible to see Bordeaux not be in league. Uh, all right, let's move to La Liga. Jimmy Conrad. Mm-hmm. We're nearly there, everybody. We're nearly there. G- uh, Jimmy and I are going to talk La Liga. Atleti and Sevilla, they tied 1-0. Uh, the top four is set. Uh, we discussed Sevilla just about managed to get the Champions League spot. Atleti already did it the weekend before that. Barcelona, second, man. I mean, listen, credit to Xavi and what he's done. And Real Madrid, of course, already won it as well. But, you know, Sevilla, they get Champions League football. We talked about Lopetegui leaving at the end of the season. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. Anything on that top four? I, I wanted yes, Betis. I wanted Betis in there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I wanted to see them as well. I thought Manuel Pellegrini has done an incredible job with them. And uh, I think when you're trying to compete in multiple competitions, as they were with the Copa del Rey and, and obviously in the league and, and in Europe as well, when you, they, I don't know if they, they don't have the depth to compete in all of these. And so when you think about their budget versus some of the others, it is a tremendous accomplishment yeah. to see what Pellegrini's done. However, I really feel like the real MVPs for Barcelona this season were their accountants. I don't know how they figured out a way to get Ferran Torres in their team and Aubameyang and Danny Alves. We've and this, I it's know we have, have but, but I just want to give a shout out again yeah. to Barcelona's accountants. Do you think they, they should have a guard of honor, by the way? How well, cool Just all the guys with business suits, you know, coming out <laughs> okay. with, their, with their calculators. All They're going to their calculators. <laughs> <laughs> with their, yeah, with their uh, Commodore 64 or whatever calculators. Whatever, all that type of stuff. Texas Instruments. <laughs> just figuring out how to cook the books, maybe. I don't know how Barcelona did it. But fair play. Xavi is a tremendous manager. I didn't have any doubt of, of him taking over for Koeman and kind of bringing back some of that DNA that Barcelona was lacking over there, you know, for, for a little while. And and that's back. And I think Barcelona are going to be a force to be reckoned with moving forward. And this was a good step in the right direction. But got to give a shout out to the accountants. I, man, can they, I, can they come do my taxes? I want them to come do my taxes, man. You're talking about Xavi and everything. <laughs> All I'm picturing is like a line of accountants just walking in the middle of town <laughs> Well done, Goldman Sachs. Well done, accountant. No, but no, jokes aside, shabby, fantastic stuff. And if Lewandowski or other players come into, uh, obviously we know about some from the Premier League entering Barcelona as well. This summer will be very interesting for Xavi as they try and reclaim La Liga Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. from uh, Real Madrid, but they are in the Champions League and they're second in La Liga. Fantastic stuff. Relegation battle, by the way, Levante and Alaves are officially down. And despite tying one all with Real Madrid, Cadiz, and the day in the drop zone, thanks to Mallorca, by the way. Scoring in the 92nd minute. Yeah, 2-1 victory over Rayo Vallecano. So the final day of fixtures is Osasuna against Mallorca and Alaves against Cadiz. Pretty remarkable there. Yeah, it is remarkable. With regard to Mallorca, I had a chance to go there when I was working for La Liga a few seasons ago, and tremendous club, and it was really exciting to see. They just got promoted back to the top division, and Friends of ours, Stu Holden and, mm-hmm. and Steve Nash and, and Kyle Martino are part owners, minority owners of Mallorca. So I, I'm pulling for them for sure. No disrespect to Cadiz, but uh, 
I hope that Mallorca does it on the last weekend. I do want to say, though, just quickly about Sevilla. And I know that Julian Lepetegui is leaving now. We, we talked about it at the top of the show, which is a bit of a surprise. Long-term manager. Well, not even long-term. Just there for a couple seasons, but won the Europa League in his first season and obviously keeps getting them in the Champions League. Mm. They only lost four games all season out of 37. That's that's tied for Real Madrid for only four losses all season. 17 wins, 16 draws. That's where they drop their points. That's a very Lopetegui thing to do. And they have the best defense in the league. Yeah. Imagine, imagine saying you're not good enough for us anymore when you when you tied for the least amount of losses and you had the best defense in the whole league. And we're just gonna you, we're gonna move on. You're not you're not the right guy. Could you imagine? You, but you think that's the conversation, though? You think that's the conversation? Or do you think it's more, you know, Lopetegui himself? There had, had something happens, for sure. I mean, as I mentioned before, they they only won four out of the last 17. So something wasn't right. Whether he lost a little bit of the locker room at that point, or Manchi was maybe sniping him with some of his tactics or decision-making or subs or whatever. Or, or maybe Lopetegui's like, hey, you needed to do more for me in the January transfer window. Like, Martial wasn't the guy. Like, that wasn't enough for us. Hmm. I don't know. There, there had to have been some catalyst to why you'd want to disrupt this type of success because Sevilla, it's always a tough task for them to try to break into the top three. And, and they're fourth. They're like the next best out of the outside of the top three in Spain. So I, I wait for, I'm going to wait for the dust to settle, the smoke to settle, the smoke to clear, whatever that the phrase is. And I think we'll get more of this story uh, as time goes on, but yeah. uh with the fact that Monchi's no, already looked a like good he's... Point. I think I, it's a combination of two things. I think I think it's Monchi, to your point, that likes to get the best deals possible in order to create a team that's not just good, but that's fighting for Europe. And then there's Lopetegui, who surely, surely, in those bad runs, he was like, look, man, what do you expect? You're giving me Anthony Martial on loan. You're giving me extra... I, if you want me to compete with Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, and even Barcelona... You need to give me more. So to your point, I think we just have to wait a little bit. But I think go ahead. But Sevilla in the Champions League. I mean, they got so that that to me, that's that. Listen, I've interviewed Monchi. You, his thing is <laughs> his thing is this. He always just says this. Whatever we have, we need to either equate that value or elevate it. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they've done. So I, I don't know. I don't know what could have gone wrong here. I am surprised that he left though. I am surprised that he's leaving. I am too. I, I really am. I felt like they were building something. And maybe there was that pressure because Seville is hosting the, the Europa League final and uh, you know they wanted to have that chance to play in front of their home fan. Maybe there was some added pressure that we're not catching here. I don't know. But it's really surprising to me. And what I, if I'm Julian Lopetegui's agent, I say, listen, man, you just got to lay low because if you want to stay in Spain, the top six or seven clubs are spoken for, and you just left number four yeah. on the list. And and if there's talks of maybe Mauricio Pochettino coming, he's going to be on the tips of people's tongues as well to want to come back and manage. Just sit out for a year, man. Something's going to pop up. Don't worry. Don't, hey, Don't worry. Just, just, be, just, be, just go learn English. That's what Diego Martinez did. He went to he went to England and watched a lot of Premier League in person. And uh, when he got uh, let go from Granada and or whatever, they parted away amicably and. And now Manchi wants him back because he ended up coaching, I think, Sevilla's B team. And he was part of, uh, or maybe it was uh, Valencia's B team. And he was there with with Unai Emery when they won. I think so, Lopetegui so, will do that. Because remember, you know, just before off. that, he was dealing with Spain, the national team. There's a lot, you know, he'll take a break. He'll do a Pep Guardiola, come to New York. and That's what he should. And chill, and chill out. I think that's what he'll do. All right. Well, that's the end of our weekend 
Rika, Jimmy, Conrad, always a pleasure to have you, man. I was emotional. It's a roller coaster. I'm and, here. I love. I love working with you, Elamy, and hey, producer Des, of course. Hey, man. That's when he's telling. Like, tell him when he's telling us to move forward. We're like really, <laughs> you know, doing heartfelt conversations out here. <laughs> exactly. He's really being that caring mother, but really, he's being that. <laughs> Get on with it. Uh, thank you so much, everybody. Final thoughts. I'll only just say this, by the way, is uh, Barcelona Femini. Wow. 30 matches, 30 victories. They scored nearly 160 goals, only conceded 11. Next for them is the Champions League final against Lyon. Now that is a Goliath of a team. Unbelievable. That's it for me. But Jimmy, final thoughts before we say goodbye. Yeah, what I wanted to say was that uh, for the 12 games that happened in, in uh, MLS, there were 40 goals that were scored, including Ooh. seven against my former club, Sporting Kansas City. The Timbers put seven on them. I mean, that's an NFL touchdown on them. And I'm just going to leave everybody with this. Defense is a lost art. And I hope that at some point that will be, well, I'm going to come back. I'm going to start the renaissance of defending. Thank you for having me. Everybody. I love it. Preach, brother. And I'm going to dress like an accountant. I'm going to come. <laughs> with your calculator. You need a calculator. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Conrad, thank you so much, brother. Appreciate it. Hey, don't forget, Jimmy Conrad, make sure to follow him on Twitter as well as Instagram. And in soccer, we trust. Make sure that you follow them on YouTube as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your pods. Jimmy with Heath and Charlie Davis, some great stuff. Continues to be available for you as part of our CBS Sports podcast and YouTube family. Jimmy, thank you so much, brother. Thank you, LME. Thank you, everybody, for listening and watching. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Que Golazo Pod on Twitter, youtube.com forward slash Que Golazo. You can watch us, listen to our CBS Sports, your CBS Sports app. Have a fantastic, fantastic beginning to your week. We begin Mondays with a live, a live, a first live show with Fabrizio Romano. So you can bug him as much as you Want. I know I am going to. I've got a list here of all I mean, my Aston Villa. Who's Ten Hag going to sign? Who's Ten Hag going to sign? Who's United going to sign? So who's keep gonna, coming. Yeah. Just send them along. So head over to Kegolasa Pond and, you know, follow that chain and ask those questions. 9 a.m. Eastern on Monday. Jimmy Conrad, LME, Kegolasa Weekend Recap. Have a fantastic evening. See you next time. Till then. Bye-bye. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.